0: I'd like to have Brother and Sister Acuff with us. Uh, Brother and Sister Acuff have been married for a number of years, 50 some odd years, I think. I saw uh, her, uh, his wife's name is Janet. I just call her Sister Acuff, but we, we appreciate her being able to be here uh, with us. Brother Acuff serves as one of the preachers and elder at uh, the Lithia Springs congregation over in Georgia. And I first became acquainted with Brother Acuff. <laughs> Uh, just a few years ago, I missed out on a lot of years in my life uh, being able to know him, but became became acquainted with him through polishing the pulpit and grown to love him and appreciate the good work that he does. Now, many of you know that we originally had Brother Jeff Jenkins scheduled, and his wife has cancer, and uh, he was unable to make the trip, but... Back earlier this year, uh, when Jeff told me that he needed to to cancel out, we called Brother Acuff. Brother Acuff, we want you to know that you were already on our list to get you to come prior to that. Uh, you're not just pinch-hitting tonight. Uh, you're doing a great job in, in the work that you do, but, but I know that uh, we appreciate you so much, and we had you, had you uh, on our list for gospel meetings long before uh, Jeff called and said that uh, uh, he would not be able to come. But we appreciate you uh, taking time to be with us this week, and I know that you're going to do a, a wonderful, wonderful job. Uh, There are a lot of other things that I'll say throughout the week about Brother Acuff, and uh, I know there's one lingering question that everybody wants to know, and Brother Acuff already knows the answer. And so, yes, he's going to tell you whether or not he is Ken DeRoy or not. We're not going to take up any more of his time. We'll turn the floor over to him, and please be sure to open your Bible and study together from the Word of God.
1: Thank you, Brother Mark. What a joy it is to get to be with the Midway Congregation. And I do express my appreciation to the eldership here for the invitation that you have extended to me to be a part of this gospel meeting. I'm very sorry that Brother Jeff couldn't be. Jeff and I have known each other, worked together in various efforts over the years. I love and appreciate him very, very much. and. I'm just very sorry that he was not able, and I know that you are, and perhaps uh, at a future date he will be able to do that. Uh, Brother Monex, thank you so much for those good songs. We'll sing for about three or four hours if you want to, and then we'll preach here for four hours. But uh, really appreciate the the opportunity, the joy of getting to be with Brother Mark and to be with the eldership and to be with you uh, in this gospel meeting. Let me also mention at the very beginning that I am here to be of assistance and help to you in any way that I can. So do not hesitate uh, to ask me uh, for anything that I can do to help you uh, in your spiritual growth. Uh, Because our goal is to go to heaven. Our goal is to do the work of the Lord. And if I can help you in any way in that, well, surely do not hesitate. Uh, Maybe to mention Brother Mark or to me, I'll be more than glad to help you uh, in any way that I can. Roy Acuff, yeah, I'm asked that a lot. And I've been introduced many times as Roy. uh, And I was holding a meeting. In uh, Warren County, Tennessee. Now, Warren County kind of reminds me of Walker County uh, because y'all have a lot of congregations in Walker County. Uh, In Warren County, Tennessee, there are 47 churches of Christ uh, in uh, Warren County. And I said, told someone, I said, you can stutter through Acts two thirty eight there and have a good meeting. I mean, it just uh, there's so many folks there. But I was holding a meeting at the uh, congregation there, the Unity Congregation. It's kind of out, and uh, so after the service uh, one Sunday one evening, I don't remember. But this uh, lady, Sister Knight, she passed away just a few weeks ago. But anyway, Sister Knight came out. Uh, Her name was Margaret. Sister Margaret Knight. She came out. And she said to me, she said, But Acuff, are you or Roy Acuff? I said, Yes, ma'am, I am, but I can't sing. She said, Well, he couldn't either. And so, uh, (laughs) so, you know, it's kind of interesting because, of course, uh, the name, uh, several years ago, Janet and I and our children at that time were small, Opryland Hotel had just been opened, had just opened. And uh, we were for, we lived in Michigan at the time. And so we were going through Nashville for some reason or another. I don't know, on vacation. And so we stopped to look at Opryland Hotel. Man, was that place beautiful. I mean, it was exciting to go in there. And so we're looking around. And I said to Jan, I said, why don't we just spend the night here? She said, well, that's okay with me. So I go up to the desk. And I tell the clerk, the lady at the desk, I said, look, uh, my wife and I, we have about two children. We like to spend the night here, not like a room. She said, she she didn't laugh at me. She wanted to, I guess. But she said, I'm sorry, sir, but we don't have any rooms available. I said, well, I look at my watch. I said, you will. It's just about four o'clock. And I said, you know, six o'clock, that's when people, they have to cancel by six. So I said, uh, you know, someone's going to, she said, sir, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you, but people do not cancel at the Opryland Hotel. I said, well, they will today. Somebody's going to cancel. Uh, and I said, tell you what I'm going to do. There's a chair over here. I said, I'm going to sit down in that chair. First cancellation you get, you just let me know. She said, well, okay, it's not going to happen. I'll, I said, uh, she said, what is your name, sir? I said, my name is Larry Yakov." She said, wait just a minute. She goes, opens the door and goes back. She comes out. She said, we have a room for you, Mr. Acuff. <laughs> That's the only time it ever did anything for me, Mark. <laughs> I'm telling you i the truth. But it's, it's a lot of fun. Yes, we're distant cousins. Roy Acuff, is a, uh, his grandfather and my great-grandfather were brothers. Um, my great-grandfather, uh, some of you may be familiar with this song, Just Over in the Glory Land. I don't know if it's in your book, uh, but my great-grandfather, James W. Acuff, wrote uh, the uh, song Just Over in the Glory Land. Uh, but at any rate, I'm not going to sing the great speckled bird of the Bash Cannonball so you can relax for <laughs> the rest of the week. What a joy it is to get to be. Turn your Bibles to the book of Colossians. We're going to be looking at Colossians chapter number 3. Our efforts this week are to take the message of the Bible, the Holy Word of God, and to plant it into the hearts of individuals and motivate them to obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us, Paul said, We all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of the things done in the body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. You and I know from the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter number 1, verse number 16. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God, the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. First Corinthians chapter number 15, Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which you have received, wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you. I declare unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, how that he was buried and raised again the third day according to the Scriptures. When you and I recognize the fact that we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and you and I recognize in Acts chapter number 17, uh, verses 30 and 31, the Bible said, The time of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, for he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, and given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. In the book of Revelation chapter number 20, John said, I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of the things that were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead that was in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to his works. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I, every man, woman, boy, and girl who's reached the age of accountability, will stand before God in the day of judgment, and the Bible says, and the books will be opened, and that every one of us will be judged by the things that are written in the book according to our works. That should behoove every one of us. It should motivate all of us to make the determination, to have the desire to do the will of God in order to stand before Him in the day of judgment and to be justified based on those things that are written in His Word. When you and I look at Colossians chapter 3 tonight, we are entitling our lesson, Christ Our Center. When you look at the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians emphasizes the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. For an example, Colossians chapter 1, 13, and 14, the Bible says that we've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sin. When you go to the 15th verse of that same chapter, and the Bible tells us that he is the image of God. If you and I want to see God, if we want to see a picture of God, the Bible says that Christ is the image of God. Then, in verse number 18, the Bible says uh, that he is head of the body of the church who is the beginning, that in all things he might have the preeminence. When you and I go to the book of Colossians, we find over and over again, and we see the preeminence of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us whatever we do and word or deed do, all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when you and I come to Colossians chapter number 3, The Bible says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of the throne of God, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. The Bible says when he shall appear, then shall you appear with him in glory. Now if we go on, the Bible tells us in verse number 5, mortify, in other words, get rid, kill. Get rid of those things which are upon this earth, uh, and he lists them there. But when you and I look at what is stated in Colossians chapter number 3, then we're going, there are three things in these four verses that I want you and I to look at this evening. Christ, our center. Number one is this: Christ is our center, and there are certain things that confirm that He is our center. Now you and I understand confirmation. Uh, thank you so much for the accommodations that you've made possible for uh, Janet and me this week. Uh, whoever had the back, man, I'm going to tell you that. Uh, I'm going to set up all night. That was really nice. There were a lot of great goodies there. And so uh, you know, when I went in, I gave them my name. Now sometime, I had a confirmation number. We were out at Harding University. Uh, my grandchildren, our granddaughter, uh, uh, I think it was last year, graduated at Harding University. And so we had gone out for the graduation, and a friend of the family had gone with us, and we had made reservations. Our daughter made the reservation in the hotel, and uh, so we had made reservations. Everything was fine for uh, us, but there was a friend of ours who went with us who had been a close friend of the family and had been an encouragement to Amber. And so she goes in and she said, uh, I I you know, I have a reservation. And they said, uh, you don't have a reservation. Well, she said, yes, I, I have a reservation. And they said, no, 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 no. He, she gave them the names. They said, "We don't, you don't have a reservation. Well, she said, hold on just a minute. She goes out to the car and she comes back. And guess what she had? She has a reservation number. They looked at that and they said, you have a Reservation. When you and I recognize that there is a a confirmation, you have a reservation because there is a confirmation number. Now, when you and I look, is Christ the center of my life? Oh, yeah, brother, Christ, yeah, oh, uh, oh, how I love Jesus. Christ being the center of our life, there are three things that will confirm whether or not Christ is the center of my life. Now look at what the Bible says. Colossians chapter number 3, the Bible says, if you then be risen with Christ. Now, what's this? Because in order to, what confirms that Christ is the center of my life, my being risen with Christ. You go back to Colossians chapter number 2. And the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter number 2 that we have been buried with him and we have been risen. There are those individuals who want, well now Brother Acuff, uh, I have I, I, Christ, oh he's everything to me. Have you been baptized into Christ for the nation? Oh uh, no, 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 you don't have to do that. Well wait a minute. When you and I look at the Bible, you cannot listen to this. If you be you cannot be risen with something until you've been buried, folks. It's very simple. When you and I recognize that being buried with him in baptism, that confirms the fact that Christ is the center of my life. That baptism when you and I look at this. We're going I'm going to preach on this tomorrow night. A little more in detail. Uh, the poster child of denominationalism, the poster child uh, of faith-only salvation is the thief on the cross. How many times have you talked to a friend or a relative, someone at work, and you said, you need to be baptized for well, uh, the... Well, what about the thief on the cross? Well, tomorrow night we're we'll going to deal with that. But you and I need to recognize that Christ being the center of our life If you and I have been risen because it is in that baptism. The Bible, in Galatians chapter number 3, the Bible says as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. That's very simple. Acts 2 and verse 38 probably 95% of those of you who are here this evening can quote Acts 2, 38 uh, in which Peter said to them uh, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and so you and I are familiar with that but now watch this folks won't they'll say oh oh, brother I, I carry a cross I've got a cross in my pocket and when I'm tempted to do wrong I'll put my hand in my pocket and I feel let me tell you something my friend if you have not been baptized into Christ the cross doesn't mean anything because of this watch this if we go back to the book of Exodus chapter number 12 and we find that children of Israel are getting ready to come out of Egypt the tenth plague, God said, Moses, tell the people to get a lamb, slit his throat, and let and drain that blood. And you take that blood, and you put that blood over the doorpost. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And so when you and I look at Exodus chapter number twelve, and we see a spotless lamb, the Bible, First Peter two and verse number twenty one, the Bible talks about him being guiltless. And and so when you and I look at at the fact that uh, in Exodus chapter number twelve there's a spotless lamb, when you and I look at Exodus chapter number twelve, we see a sacrificial lamb. Here was a lamb that had its throat slit and the blood drained out. It was a sacrificial lamb. When you look in Acts chapter number 12, you see a saving lamb because it was the blood of that lamb that's put over the doorpost that caused the children of Israel to be saved. And God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And you see not only that it is a a spotless, a saving, a sacrificial, it's a shared lamb because he said if one family can't, you can join other families. uh, And we see it's a shared lamb. Now watch this. In John 1, Verse number 29, John said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. You go back to Exodus 12, and then you come down to John 1, and the Bible says, Behold the Lamb of God, and you and I recognize that all we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned every man to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And we know that it is through His blood. So the question that I ask so folks say, well, uh, yeah, 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 now Christ is my sinner. But have you been? No, I've not been baptized. How did you come into contact with the blood of Jesus? See, you and I come into contact with the blood of Jesus. When we obey the gospel of The death, that's what we read in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 1 through 4, a minute ago, we obey the gospel of Christ when. What do we do? We become dead to the world. Romans 6, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we're buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was, what's this? Raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in theness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that that old man has been crucified. Confirmation. You and I confirm the fact that Christ is the center of our life when you and I submit our will to His, when we turn our back on sin by repentance, when we make the declaration that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and then we take this old body, this whole soul that is covered with the filth of sin and the fingerprints of Satan and wash it in the blood of the Lamb, and we come up out of that watery grave With our sins washed away, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you then be risen with Christ. So the first confirmation that Christ is the center of our life is the fact that we've been risen with him now. The Bible says, secondly, if you've, been, if you've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of the throne of God. You know what that says to you and I? That He is our authority. See, if Christ is the center of my life, I have been risen with Him, then He is my authority. Whatever He says whatever He has instructed. In Hebrews chapter number 1, the Bible says, God who in sundry times in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us through His Son. He has spoken to us. You and I know that where a testament is, there must also necessity be the death of te- So we have the holy word of God, all Scripture given by inspiration of God. You and I know that. And so... If Christ then is at the right hand of God, Paul or Peter excuse me, pointed this out in Acts chapter number two. Let me listen, just this is just a side note you can hopefully remember, and that is one of the greatest arguments against atheism is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They can't refute that. The resurrection. Peter said, David, his sepulchre is with you to this day. But Christ was resurrected from the dead. He is at the right hand of God, therefore he's my authority. Remember what he said? Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 18. He said, all authority hath been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. All authority. Listen to this. In the book of John, chapter number 12, in verse number 48, Jesus said, He that rejecteth me, He that rejecteth me and does not do my will has one that judgeth him. And he said, The words that I speak unto you, they shall judge you in the last day." Christ is what? Christ is my authority. He's at the right hand of God. God said, Here's here's what I want you to do. Here is my word. Here are the instructions that I'm giving to you. Christ is the center of my life. Whatever Christ says for me to do, then that's what I'm going to do. We looked at that in Revelation twenty, verses eleven through fifteen a minute ago. That the books were open. When you and I look into the Bible, says the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, James chapter number one said, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Christ is our authority. And if he is the center of my life, Then I'm going to search the scriptures. If Christ is my authority, he's sitting at the right hand of God. So what he has instructed me to do, then, ladies and gentlemen, look at John chapter number fourteen. Jesus said this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house from many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, you may be also. Where I go, you know in the way you know when Thomas, saith, Lord, we know where thou goest. how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the center of our life. He is the authority. You and I go back to His Word. We assemble on the first day of the week. We have the Lord's Supper and we sing and we pray and we preach. Why do we do that? Because Jesus has given us that through His Word. He is the authority. And so there, listen folks, we need to learn how to give book, chapter, and verse. We need to learn how to help individuals understand. uh, Let me tell you, my opinion matters not. And so when I look at Colossians chapter number three, Christ is the center of my life. The confirmation of that is, I've been buried with him and resurrected. I've been raised with him. Secondly, he is my authority. (laughs) You know, Authority is kind of important. I was holding a meeting. I was holding a meeting in. Uh, I've held a lot of meetings in Warren County, Tennessee. Again, there's 47 churches of Christ there, and, uh, so I've held a lot of meetings there. And I was holding a meeting in one night. I had to preach at the congregation called Hebron. It's out and it's called College. Uh, I forget, but anyway, I was come back into McMinnville that night. I come down the hill, and as I come down the hill, I saw a. A, a, a city policeman coming down the other side, and I'm going down, and I saw these blue lights come on. I thought, Well, somebody's going to get a ticket, and I did. And. Uh... <laughs> He turned around, and pulled me over. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I got that ticket. You know, you can mail all these in. I, I, I'm sure you're aware of that fact. And so I, I was there that week in the meeting, and I thought, well, on my way, on my way uh, out on the at the end of the week, I thought, you know what? I better put this in the mail. So I would written a check and put an envelope, and so I went by the post office to drop it in the box. And it don't. You know, I said, you know what? It could get messed up somehow, or another it could get mixed up. So I looked at my watch, and, and I said, They're going to open up here at about 8 o'clock probably. and So I said, I'm just, I just drove over to the city hall wherever and parked, till they opened up, and I went in, and I told the lady what I was doing. I said, I want to pay this fine. And uh, she said, You know, uh, are you aware of the fact that you don't have to pay this fine if you will take a class, some kind of a class, uh, on I forget what it was, but anyhow I'm driving, and I said, "Oh, is that right?" She said, "Yeah." She said, uh, "Why don't you go home and, and see if they have those classes, and if they have them." then you take, if you take that class and you send back to us, then we won't, uh, you don't have to pay that fine. And I thought, wow, that's going to save me $125. So I said, I'll do that. So I go home, and I find one of these places where safe driving things, and, and I said, I want to take it. They said, they, yeah, sign up. And they said, it meets on Saturday, starts at 8 o'clock, and goes till 5.
0: Huh? I thought I paid $125. <laughs>
1: So I called them and I said, let me ask you a question. Y'all have, I know y'all have the classes there. Uh, What if I were to take the class? How long is your class there in McMinnville? She said, well, it's only 45 minutes long. So I looked at my calendar and I found out I was going to be in another meeting over there. I said, sign me up. I'll be over there to take that class and I won't have to pay the fine. She said, there's a fee. I said, okay, I'm uh, $125. (laughs) Now what made that? Authority. Authority. There was the authority. So if Christ is the center of my life, then he is is the authority. Now let me give you a third thing. And that is this. If I'm going to confirm that Christ is the center of my authority, I confirm that by the fact that I have been risen, if you then be risen with Christ. I confirm that by the fact that he's at the right hand of the throne of God, which means he's my authority. Now, number three, watch this. The Bible says you're you're dead, your life is hid with Christ in God. When he shall appear, then shall ye appear with him in glory. Now, think about that. Have you ever watched... Uh, the State of the Union address. You know, when the President of the United States and, 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 you know, the Sergeant of Arms back there, I guess he's the guy that does this, and the door's closed, and you've got all these dignitaries in there, you know, and, 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 and they, he makes this a, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Open the door and the President walk. It doesn't matter who he is. They're, have you ever seen these guys that are out there Won't shake hands? They won't get their picture made shaking hands. They don't even like him, but they want to get their picture made with him. You know, if a senator goes, if the president goes to a senator's state, he generally invites that senator to fly with him on Air Force One. When you and I think about that situation, several years ago, uh, I don't know if, you're, if you've read any of these books, but there are some books out by the name of Chicken Soup Books. Have you ever heard, read any of those books? Chicken Soup for the Soul. Written by Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen. I heard Mark Victor Hansen say one time, he said, Anyone I hug is a friend of mine. You know what he did? He hugged me one time. I got a picture of that. I thought, well, you know, they tried to, they tried to find someone to publish those books, and they couldn't find anybody to publish them. They had to self publish them. Anybody said, "I oh, ain't nobody going to buy those books? Well, they didn't sell but millions of them. But I had my picture made with Mark Victor Hanna. Oh, wow. Joe Wells. you know who Joe Wells is? Joe Wells, a tremendous gospel preacher. I don't know, and I'm sure you're probably aware of this, but several years ago, I was holding a meeting in Gainsborough, Tennessee, and uh, the, the friend of mine who preached in another car was there, and he called me, he said, Larry, would you like to have lunch with me? And I said, yes, yeah, sure, We'd give me where and what and when. He said, uh, told me where, he said, I'll tell you what, if you don't mind, I'm going to invite Wayne Wells to have lunch with us. And I didn't know Joe probably at that time. I said, sure, that's fine. So when Wayne showed up that day for lunch, he had his son with him great big old dude you know his chin never I mean you know he didn't have any neck. I mean a great big old dude you know and and his name was Scott and you know what I found out he had just been drafted by the Green Bay Packers he was a center for them we had lunch after lunch I said uh, Scott do you mind if I ask you some questions he said no no I said well uh, how much do you make? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, said, he said, well, I'm, my, I, I'm, I'm the minimum. I get $239,000 a year. That's, that's what I start out with. I said, well, could, you might have asked you another question. No. I said, how often do you get paid? you get paid once a month, once a You? He said, I get 16 checks for every football game. Uh, I, get, uh, I get a check, 16 checks for a football game. I said, can I ask you another question? He said, "Yeah." I said, well, do you have an agent? He said, yes. I said, how much you pay him? Well, you'd think by now he's gonna me out of that restaurant. But he's very nice and he told me. I said, Scott, let's go outside. I want to have my picture made with you because one of these days you are going to be very successful as a center for the Green Bay. And Several years later, I believe it was Scott Wells that was holding up the trophy where the Green Bay Packers had won the Super Bowl. Uh, I spoke. Now watch. I, I spoke at the 1998 opening session of the Georgia State Legislature. But I want to show you something, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to this. Listen to this. The Bible says, "Your life, you're dead." Your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall ye appear with him in glory. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I can have my picture made all day long with all of these dignitaries. I can have my picture made with the President of the United States. I can have my picture made with the legislature in the state of Georgia. I can have my picture made with Mark Victor Hansen. It means nothing unless ladies and gentlemen when Christ shall appear then shall you appear with him in glory that's what counts Paul said I would not have you be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and was buried and rose again the third day them also which sleep in Jesus shall God bring with him The Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Is Christ the center of my life? It is confirmed by my being risen with him, By he being my authority and by me appearing with him in glory at the end of time. Now let me give you the second thing. If Christ is the center of my life, here is the conviction. Four words I want you to remember about this. Notice what the Bible says. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of the throne of God. Are you and I seeking? Jesus said, John chapter number 5, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. Ladies and gentlemen, that word seek is not just, well, I hope I find it. No. You and I understand that when we are seeking after something, that it is not some kind of a casual situation, but when the Bible teaches me, search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have your Lord eternal life. Matthew 6, verse 33, the Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. Do we seek? Several years ago, our daughter was a student at Davidson University. And uh, she worked at Vanderbilt Hospital. And uh, it was New Year. It was between uh, Christmas and, or the, you know, the break, Christmas break. She said, uh, Dad, I'm going to stay here in Nashville and, so I can work. And I'm going to stay in an apartment with some, uh, some of the girls there. I'm going to live with them. And uh, so that's fine. New Year's Eve, December the 31st. About midnight, I get a phone call. And one of the young ladies in the apartment, she said, Mr. Acuff, I hate to tell you this, but April has not come in from work. What she does normally, she will leave the hospital, she'll call us so that we can be looking for her. And it takes her about 20 minutes. And she said that about an hour ago, she called and she said, I'm on my way. And she hasn't shown up. Her mother and I thought, "Huh? Ah, don't worry about it. She'll show up after a <laughs> while." not on your life, not on your life. We hang up the phone. I don't think we had cell phone. I don't remember a million hundred phone. And then we called her brother. He lived near us and asked Ken, His wife said, "Would you come up to the house and will you stay here?" Uh, while we're going down to Nashville, we were in Sparta, Tennessee, we're going to go down to Nashville. Why would we do that? Because we're going to search and seek for our daughter. That's why. We didn't sit back and say, well, I hope something." No. You see, ladies and gentlemen, they said, oh yeah, we'll do that. We were just getting ready to lay, and the the young lady who called said, I don't know what happened, but we had a phone call here, uh, not long after April had called. We had a phone call, uh, for, to, to make, to make a long distance call, charge it to this number. We don't know what's going on. We get ready to go to Nashville. I'm getting ready to leave. Phone rings. It's April. Hey, Dad! Hey, Dad, my eye. <laughs> I love you, but I'm so mad at What's going on? Well, she said, Dad, I, I left the hospital and we decided to go out and get something to eat and I had to call the girls and wake them up again and I thought they would be asleep and everything would be all right. And, and I said, well, what about this phone call? She said, well, her, uh, uh, Brian, who's now her husband, lived in New York. And she said, I called him. Here's what I want you to understand. We were going to search for our daughter. Do you want to know the truth? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to live a righteous life? Then what are you going to do? If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things. Here's the second word, set. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And what the Scriptures are simply saying to us, the, the Bible is teaching me that put my mind, put my heart, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. You're dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Now watch this. Not only that, but set apart. Notice this. Your life is hid with Christ. We're going to seek. We're going to set we're going to set apart or sanctify. And then number four, we're going to separate. We're going to separate from this world. Love not the world, neither the things are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Is Christ the center of your life? If he is, then there's three things we looked at in confirmation. Is Christ the center of your life? Here's four convictions that you and I ought to have. If Christ is the center of your life, the third thing is there are consequences that come as a result of Christ being the center of our life. Number one is there are going to be crucial choices that you and I have to make. Go back with me to Joshua chapter 24. I, I'm sure many of you can quote this. You remember when Joshua said, now if it seemed evil to you to, to serve uh, the gods in the land you dwell, but he said this, as far as me and my house, we will serve Jehovah. See, there was this crucial choices. That you and I have to be made. See, the devil is going to make a presentation to us as he did with Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter number 3. And can you eat all these? Oh, yeah, we can eat all. But one, can you eat that one? In the day you eat us, thereof thou shalt surely die. And the devil said, oh, no, 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 no. He don't want you to eat that. He just knows you're going to be smart as he is. Oh, what happened? What happened? They had to make a choice. One of our elders, Brother Gary Cullbreath, he, uh, he, he knew a young lady in the congregation. Uh, he he was, grew up, I think, in Crossed, Arkansas. And he knew a lady there, a young lady. And this young lady in high school, there was this club in high school. And in order to be in the club, in this club in high school, You, the young ladies, had to have a sexual relationship with a football player. And so they kept encouraging her. Don't you want to be in our... She said, no, I don't want to be in your club. Don't you want to be in our... No, I don't want to be in your club. One day they said to her, they said, don't you want to be like us? She said, no, I can be like you anytime. I want to be like Jesus. She made a decision, and so there there are crucial choices that you and I make, folks. Pardon the personal story. My dad was a dick in the church. I, I grew up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the White Oak Church of Christ. My dad made a decision one time, and that decision was: any time the services of the church meet. The Acuff family's going to be there. We were in Florida on vacation. And we're down at Daytona Beach. I won't ever forget this. And, and my brothers and I, we were out by the ocean, and I saw this great big old fellow come out and stand at way. He said, boys, y'all come on. Do what? What, what do you mean? Come? On. We're going to Bible study. You've got to be kidding me. We're at Daytona Beach, Florida. We're on vacation. See, it didn't matter because my dad made a decision. If I'd ever come home on a Sunday afternoon and said, Dad, are we going... Now, I know this doesn't apply to any of you, but I said, Dad, if we're going to uh, to worship tonight, let me tell you, he'd have slapped me up the side of the head, my head, with a ring like a ten-penny finishing nail hit with a groovy ball-pin hammer. I'm telling you. Why? Because he made a decision. See, there's crucial choices. All of us have to make them. When you make them, there's going to be a constant conflict be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Somebody said, well now, Brother Acuff, I never run into the devil. Well, you're going the same direction he is because when you go a different direction, you're going to run into him. See, if Christ is the center of my life, there's going to be crucial choices that I'm going to have to make. There's going to be a constant conflict. The devil isn't going to leave you alone. He's not going to leave you alone, folks. He's going to do everything he can. You know, in Romans uh, Roman chapter number 3, you read that chapter when you have a chance. The Bible says their throat is like an open sepulcher. All have sin and come short of the glory of God. None righteous, no, not one. The devil's not going to give up. Crucial choices, a constant conflict, but I want you to see this. There's going to be, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be certain comforts that come when Christ is the center of our life. Christ being the center of my life. Then I think about Romans chapter number 8. The Bible says we know, we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. The Bible says this, 1 Peter chapter number 4. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord. Oh, this is beautiful. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. The Bible says to me in Matthew 6 and verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Watch this. And all of these things shall be added unto you. I believe it's Psalm 37, 25. You can check this later, but I believe it's Psalm 30. David said, I, I was young and now I am old and I've never seen his seed begging bread. There will be certain comforts, ladies and gentlemen. When you and I obey the gospel of Jesus Christ and we put Jesus at the center of our life, we will hear him say, as he said in Matthew chapter 25, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. When you respond to the invitation and say to Jesus, I'm going to make you the center of my life. You know, some folks don't pay any attention I believe this was, was this out in Washington the, the eruption of uh, of a uh, 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 earthquake kind of thing out there there was a fellow by the name and I, his last name was Truman it's kind of interesting he was an older man been there all these years and they told him they said look the, uh, St. Helens that's when the eruption of that took place they said weeks they, t- they said that thing's going to erupt and they, they warned everybody get out of here get out of here yeah I ain't going to get out of here. Not me. Why I was in world war, I'm not going to. It erupted. 150 tons of stuff fell on that place. They never found Him. Never found Him. What about you? Is Christ the center of your life? If He isn't, Why? When you and I know that he will be with us, that he gave his life for us, that he shed his blood, why not tonight make the decision and the choice to let Christ be the center of your life while we stand and sing this.